0: You're listening to The Gold Digger Podcast, episode number 52. Today, we get to do something we've never done on the podcast, and that is talk to two guests who just happen to be sisters. Today, we're going to be talking to Laura Hooper of Laura Hooper Calligraphy and her sister and partner in crime, Alyssa Law. And I'm so excited to talk with them about establishing their different roles in the business, what it's like to work with family, and how they have evolved from just starting with calligraphy all the way on to different workshops, international workshops, and even writing a book. And so I'm excited to talk with them today. And honestly, this episode just makes me miss my little sister. You're listening to
1: the Goal Digger podcast with Jenna Kutcher, the live workshop style business podcast for creative
0: girl bosses. So you can train from the experts how to dig in, do the work and tackle your goals along the way. Here's your host, photographer, educator, artist, and mac and cheese lover, Jenna Kutcher. Hey, Gold Diggers, it's Jenna Kutcher, and I am so excited to introduce you to one of my favorite sister duos and really sweet friends, Alyssa and Laura. These two are behind Laura Hooper Calligraphy, and we got connected on Instagram years ago. They've become just really inspiring friends of mine and people that I love to watch grow, and I'm really excited to talk with both of them. So for a Gold Digger first, we're having three people in on the interview process, and you're going to hear from both both of them as we just talk about the evolution of her calligraphy business, working as sisters and all of the crazy things that they're up to to expand their brand and their reach. So welcome you to...
1: Thank you. Hi, Jenna. Thanks.
0: i really excited to be here. It's going to be so fun. And guys, it might get a little confusing because they kind of sound alike, but we are going to rock this. So Alyssa and Laura, let's kick this off and just tell everybody a little bit about the business, how you two started working together and kind of what that evolution of everything has looked like for you guys.
2: Okay, so this is Laura talking. I'm Laura, and I started in the world of pointed pen calligraphy about 15 years ago. Actually, it was 15 years in January. And we do modern pointed pen calligraphy for weddings and other events. And we also teach calligraphy around the U.S. and also internationally.
1: Yeah, so how did we start working together? Well, Laura can share a little bit about sort of how she got into calligraphy in general what that looked like first, and then I'll jump in and kind of say when I came on board.
2: Okay, so I started doing calligraphy. I learned when I was 11, there was a local craft store teaching a class, and my mom took me. And it's funny because the minimum age was actually 12 to take the class, and I was only 11. So we <laughs> had to lie to get me in. You um, rebel! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <Excellent> so <laughs> we're breaking the rules from the very beginning. And I had a little part-time job when I was in my teenage years doing broad-edge calligraphy on the weekends. And then when I was in college, my friend got married and I wasn't a part of her wedding and I wanted to be a part, so I offered to do her envelopes. And that's when I decided to teach myself pointed pen. And she was my very first real wedding client. And then everything just kind of took off from there via word of mouth. So that was 15 years ago. And we mostly did modern wedding calligraphy up until the point where Alyssa came on board about 5 or four 6 years. Two, 4 years ago. Well, full-time 4 years ago. Right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, as Laura said, she started Laura Hooper Calligraphy 15 years ago and honestly, like I'll do a little, you know, sister plug here. Like Laura was a rock star in developing her business and growing her business. It was really everything was kind of on her own. She had an assistant, you know, checking envelopes and things like that. But there was no one that she was like, partnered up with kind of coming up with ideas, knowing where to go. There weren't workshops, there weren't podcasts like this. I mean, I'm sure some existed, but nothing like they are today. There wasn't
2: even Facebook or like, there was no (laughs) one to ask questions to. There definitely wasn't Instagram we had MySpace and that was it. And there was nothing going on on there where I was doing calligraphy. So everything
1: was Googling it. Like we joke about, I mean, we don't, we talk about when she was starting the business and she literally just had to Google, how do you start a business and like figure out the legal papers to get and fill out, to file for the business, all that stuff. So it was all kind of just, you know, trial and error, figuring out what to do. And so, She sort of grew it and developed this whole name brand in the wedding industry in general. And then, you know, once kind of the next, the natural next step for someone doing hand calligraphy is to venture into stationary design. Usually calligraphers will eventually offer design and printing for their clients and kind of take on full wedding packages from invitations, wedding invitations and their programs and menus and incorporating her hand calligraphy. So she went that route and got this booming business going. And really it was just like her and her assistant and she had her contract workers, which I know is something you talk a lot about about delegating out, and Laura's mm-hmm. first delegation was her
2: accountant. <laughs> so so that was the best one something.
0: ever too. <laughs> the
2: first person that I hired and interviewed and ended up hiring is the bookkeeper that we still have today. Yeah. So he's been <laughs> on board with me since the second or third year. I, I don't know how I was doing it on my own the first couple of years. First, but probably through, who, yeah who knows, <laughs> who knows? <laughs>
1: probably through google <laughs> yeah probably
2: through google and like regular
1: bank accounts and i don't know yeah but so that was you know things were growing and laura was in la at the time and i remember she was working out of our parents house she didn't live at home but she she had all of her stuff at our parents house and would come and work there at the kitchen table and then she got her first office when she moved to the south bay here in Los Angeles and then I think yeah as Laura said about six years ago I started working for her part time so my background is actually in event planning and I did that at UCLA.
2: But you started out by blogging for me. Because I just (laughs) could not I could not handle the blog anymore. And I think Alyssa started out as a real blogger for another wedding professional. And so she was working on her like real life blog post, and then I kind of <laughs> stole her away I forgot about that yeah and so I think <laughs> you got in on the blog and then yeah I just kind of started giving her more and more tasks and duties until I was basically begging her to come on board and take over the phone calls and client relations all things that I'm very socially awkward <laughs> and, and, <yeah. laughs> so Alyssa has came in at that time. Yeah. And so then, so I was sort of doing little
1: random things on the side. We joke now that at the time, I remember whenever we would be having family dinner, because at this point now we're, we're early 20s. So I was at the end of college and Laura was out of college. And the family was always talking about the business, the business, the business, everything was talking about the business. And I would always just be like I don't want to hear about the business anymore let's talk about something else and then sure enough I got sucked right into the business too and now it's definitely all we talk about
2: Alyssa was so adverse to being a part of the business. She never wanted to hear about the business. And now I find it hilarious because all we talk about <laughs> is the business. Yes. <laughs> and we talk all the time and we're remote from each other. And we'll go into more detail about how yeah, we'll we, talk about that. we deal with living remote on opposite coasts. Right. So then four years ago,
1: I was actually, I was living in San Diego. Laura had moved to the East Coast. So we had already sort of transferred, you know, she had transferred Laura. Or hooper Calligraphy to the East Coast, and I was moving from San Diego. So I had to quit my job anyway. So I was going to have to get a new job. And that's when Laura finally like dropped the hammer and begged me to not get a new job. Just see if I could, you know, if we could do this full time, we joked, you know, I was like, okay, but you know, I need a real salary. I mean, I feel like <laughs> I
2: did do a favor because you didn't have to go on a
1: million job interviews. You did. It was definitely nice to have this job. And Laura already had a huge brand within the wedding industry. So it was then that we really started to expand, and that was when we started teaching our workshops. And so it started with a calligraphy starter kit. So Laura was always getting inquiries from people asking how – You know, how do I do this? I want to do this like you. What am I supposed to do? Where do I start? What do I buy? I don't know what to do. And so we finally had the idea to offer, well, Laura had the idea to sell a calligraphy starter kit. And at the time we only had our Etsy shop. And I remember I was in San Diego at the time and we didn't have any of the supplies. She knew what she would want to recommend to people, but we literally made a listing. It was a pre-order listing. It was in November on Etsy. Yeah. This is in our Etsy shop. And It was in early November and we said these would be ordered and they would ship for Christmas. So this was in November of 2013.
2: And I remember on Instagram the second that, well, it was before the algorithm (laughs) we got a huge response. But as soon as we announced it, someone was like, oh, thank God. That was (laughs) one of the comments. It was so funny. (laughs) But so we
1: listed this product and we literally had nothing written. We had no supplies and we said, okay, let's, of course... Laura's the one that, you know, she's the, she's the savvy business owner. She'll go for anything. Like you have an idea, she wants to do it. She's going to do it. Whereas I'm a lot more practical and logistical. And I'm like, okay, well, we need to figure out where we're going to get everything. We need to have it in hand. We need to have this completely packaged and ready to go before we offer this to the public. And of course, Laura said, no, no, we're going to put this out there. And if people we are going to see if people want it. And so I said, let's list 10 calligraphy kits and she says no let's let's list 50 so sure enough we list 50 and they sold out within two hours yeah that was crazy gosh and so then I know. So then Laura says, well, let's do 100. So she upped it to 100. That sold out by the next morning. So then she goes, let's do 200. And I'm like, we have to stop.
2: We have (laughs) no supplies. We have nothing. I just remember when we got, like, that last piece of supplies, and it came in. And this is all happening because I wasn't living there. So, like, our headquarters was our mom and dad's house. And, like, the last piece of supplies came in the ink worked on the paper that we were using and I was like thank god these are ready to go out and <laughs> and they did yeah. and we spent all Thanksgiving weekend mm-hmm. working on them yep. and it was a total family like event that we all did together yeah so
1: we did cut it off at 200 we said okay we should actually start sourcing the supplies now and we had to write the book still we had to write instructions on how to do it and so you know we knew we had 200 to get out and so that was you know our first run of the kit and we basically said, you know, we said they'd get there before Christmas. And then we offered them again, starting in January so of 2014. So once we did the kits, then we sort of had the framework for a workshop. And actually our friends, Amber and Emily at Carson Butler, they're located in D.C., they're wedding planners. They encouraged Laura to do a workshop in their design studio.
2: I mean, they really dragged me into it. (laughs) I am a hardcore introvert. And the last thing I wanted to do was stand up in front of a classroom full of people and talk about calligraphy. But they came up to me at a party and basically whispered in my ear that I needed to be doing this. And so, I mean, they really forced me into it. Yeah. So this was (laughs) sort of the beginning when workshops really
1: started coming out at all and so we now had the framework with our kit and so we started doing the classes and then now we've taught over 3800 people in over 30 cities i think yeah we've been to canada and london this year so it's really grown and given us of course huge you know reach And we were just so excited to be able to bring it to so many people.
2: Yeah. When we did class in London, I almost like I could feel the tears prickling at my eyes. Just being able to go to London was so amazing. I mean, if you told me that I would have been doing this 15 years ago, I probably would have laughed at you. But I mean, (laughs) we love teaching calligraphy around the country and around the world now and it's so special because this is actually a dying art form, completely dying off with computers and technology. And I feel like we're really doing a little, like a little piece of the pie, a little piece of the puzzle to to bring it back to life. And it's really special.
0: It's amazing. Well, I've gotten to be at one of your workshops and learn (laughs) from you and also photograph it. And I can just vouch that it's amazing. And Okay. I have to note on a few things. One, you were doing calligraphy before it was cool, which I think is just awesome. (laughs) Also before Uh, Instagram and all of the other things that now play a part in our businesses. Yes. Two, you you Googled your way to your business, which I think is awesome (laughs) because I feel even six years ago, there just wasn't the resources Mm -hmm. out there that there is today, which is amazing. And I mean, we kind of bootstrapped things, which Gave us a, like a sort of pride in that, you know, we figured it out somehow. Although I do feel like nervous that someday like the IRS is going to come after me because maybe I missed something like years ago. Do you have that fear? Or am I just weird?
2: Well... There's the seven-year mark, so at least I'm clear for the first seven years of the business.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's perfect.
2: So I'm clear of the very beginning part, and we have a bookkeeper, and I trust him, so hopefully, knock on wood, that's not going to (laughs) happen. But
1: yeah, when people do ask us, like, what piece of advice do you have for people starting their business? You know, we have a lot of advice, but one thing is to definitely, like, get started legally, like don't skip those steps, lay that legal foundation. You know, it doesn't mean you can't like start putting your work out there, you know, starting to build your brand, but definitely behind the scenes be taking those legal steps so that you don't have to worry about it years later.
0: 110%. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash golddigger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash golddigger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. I want for you, to because I'm so interested and I love the story of how you started working together. Why don't you tell us what your roles are in the business for each of you?
1: This is Alyssa, and I handle all of the logistics side of the business. So I deal with all of our client communication. So anytime anyone emails us, whether they are a wedding client or a shop customer or a workshop attendee, that all comes through me and I handle that communication And I also keep Laura's schedule. So that was actually one of her struggles before I was on board. She literally would just take like every job that came her way. So there was absolutely zero, you know, the coveted work-life balance that everyone likes to talk about. Laura was just working seven days a week. The word no wasn't in my vocabulary. (laughs) I just took everything. that Yes, Laura did not know how to say no. But now we've learned to streamline quite a bit more and really allow for actual time off which as you know jenna is so important as a small business Mm -hmm. owner to allow yourself time to like recollect and rejuvenate and for laura a lot of that is you know she loves to spend time in her garden and with her dogs and we both like to travel but anyway so i handle the schedule so she does not she no longer is taking every single order that, that comes to her it's nice that's part of the great thing about having this dynamic as an artist or as the business owner, you you feel like you have to take everything because you don't want to say no, you don't want to let anyone down. If you're not taking an order, that means you're not taking that money. Like, you always are thinking about the financial aspect as well. And it's just so hard to say no. So having this sort of buffer, like I love our business and I'm personally invested, especially even more so because it's my sister, but it's not like my art. Like I'm not personally attached to the art that Laura's is creating, whereas she is. So anyway, I handle that. I also deal with all of the logistics for the workshops. So, you know, sometimes Laura doesn't even know like where we're going. She literally just looks in her email to see what, you know, what time she has to be somewhere, she's kind of laughing. And I think she's thinking of
2: literally just, I have an app, uh, the American Airlines app will send me like a pop up on my phone saying like, you have a flight coming up tomorrow. That's that's how she knows she has to be somewhere
1: at the airport at noon tomorrow. But I think she might be laughing because our last trip to New York, I forgot to book Laura a flight. (laughs) For
2: our Laura Hooper, Laura Hooper calligraphy (laughs) workshop. And And Laura Hooper doesn't have a flight right to go. so we
1: were literally like i had flown out to dc i like to go out there a few days early so that i can kind of start to get adjusted to the time otherwise i'm really tired on saturday morning first class and so i got out there on wednesday night and we were looking at this the next few days that we had to do before we left for new york and laura looks in her app and she goes um i don't have a flight to new york in, in two days from now
2: oh
0: my god so,
2: and so alyssa pulls up her little spreadsheet and she's like Oh, yeah. Under, like...
1: She has- I said there's no way I would have marked that I got you a flight if I didn't get you a flight like I go to pull up my thing because I you know mark off everything that we get for each workshop and I see Laura flight New York empty
0: oh <laughs> not my books. gosh not books, did you want to yeah. kill each other like <laughs> come no, on no
2: I mean actually I totally trust Alyssa and I mean it's DC to New York so there's shuttle flights yeah
1: we yeah, do yeah. like we almost every hour every day
2: <laughs> if this was like a so- London workshop she might have started strangling me but <laughs> yeah there would have been tears prickling at my eyes for other reasons yeah. <laughs> but, uh, going to New York there's the train you could literally drive there if you yeah. had to so. Right. so
1: so anyway I handle all the logistics <laughs> for the workshops I deal with like payroll and everything for our staff so really just all the businessy logistical things And then Laura, of course, handles all of our art. So we've tried to really streamline things so that Laura was able to focus on what she is best at. And what she is best at is this gorgeous art of calligraphy.
2: So I really just focus on that. And every week, I look at my schedule for the week ahead. And if I have questions, I'll just text Alyssa and make sure that... You know, my questions get answered in advance so that when I'm ready to start on whatever project it is, I'm ready to go. I have all the information and then I just do the art and then I have a team at my location helping me get it packed up and shipped out. So I really just focus on the art.
1: Yeah. And then as I mentioned, just having each other to think about big picture things is really helpful. Laura didn't have that when she was doing it without me for so long. And so now like every idea she has, we're able to talk about it. We're able to strategize.
2: We, you know, plan for sort of the big picture thing. Just doing calligraphy all day gives me a lot of time to like brainstorm on different ideas and then I'll run them by Alyssa and we'll talk about them and decide what we want to do and what we don't want to do. So It's a really nice situation that we have worked out at this point. Yeah.
0: I love that. You know, Laura, when we met a few years ago, you guys were definitely not at this exact point. Um, So I feel like there's been a lot of refinement in the good way because, (laughs) Laura, you do what no one else can do. And I think recognizing that and acknowledging that and not apologizing for that. Can actually just really move you forward because when you stop and look about the amount of time you were probably spending in things that either weren't your giftings or weren't things that you actually enjoyed about the business and then bringing Alyssa on, someone who knows you better than probably anyone on planet earth and can also have a voice like you, both written and sounding, you know, it's kind of amazing. Like my sister has kind of joined our team part time as well and she can write things that it literally sounds like I wrote them like, I'm like, wait, did you write this or did I write this? And so I think that's such a beautiful thing about being sisters. Has it ever been really hard on your relationship working together? I think, you know, that's one of people's biggest fears in hiring family.
2: I mean, I think it's definitely brought us closer, but I mean, we didn't really get along in our teenage years, which is normal. And then we went to different high schools and obviously different colleges and, we weren't really that close and I feel, and she wasn't really interested in hearing about the business at all. And we just kind of had our separate lives and this has really brought us together. And now she's mm-hmm. my best friend. I mean, I have other friends and but Alyssa's <laughs> the one that I talk to every day. We talk about everything, everything. And it's nice to have a sounding board when things are kind of going off the handle and you can you know, have someone who understands that you can talk to and you don't feel so alone, which mm-hmm. I did when before it was her. And I'm definitely a huge proponent of delegating and focusing on what you're good at. And so bringing on Alyssa was like one of the best things that's happened to the business and it's allowed for so much growth for the business. So it's been great. I
1: think in terms of like you know, we totally understand people's hesitation of working with family. And we actually do have other family members in the business. And it can be, you know, it's hard because people are sensitive. And it can be difficult for people to separate someone talking to you as their boss versus someone talking to you as their sister. But I feel like Laura and I both, like it doesn't, if either of us gets mad at each other, like about something that's happening at work, like we don't carry it with us. We, you know, maybe we'll, we'll be like, okay, when Laura said text, we're always texting all day or talking on our, um, I chat. So we both have our Mac computers and we literally just type all day to one another. But so if we, you know, have a, you know, huff or whatever, then we just like, won't talk for a little bit. We both know what our jobs are. Like she has stuff to do all day. I have stuff to do all day. And then, the next conversation we have, we don't go back and rehash it. We
2: just definitely don't. We just let it go. go.
1: You know, we're sisters Mm -hmm. and we are running this business together and there's no need to, you know, everyone gets upset sometimes like things don't go perfectly always. That's our, you know, we, you kind of mentioned social media earlier. Like everyone thinks everything is perfect and it just, Mm -hmm. it's, not. Nothing is going. Everything. Perfectly it, for life is just
2: messy in general. Like yeah. travel is so stressful. Like, when we left New York, we had like a little stressful tiff. When we parted last. (laughs) We had to go to to separate terminals. And Laura didn't know what terminal she was going to. Uh, And (laughs) and there was... The Skylink was shut down. So I had to take a bus to get to the other terminal. It was very stressful. We didn't talk... Alyssa gave me a day to, like, recuperate. And um, (laughs) after I had a day off, I was better again. But yeah, yeah, I mean, life is messy.
1: And I think for us, the key is just not letting it affect our relationship working
2: or personal. I mean, we're never gonna not be sisters. So we're just, we're good at letting things go, I think. Right. But so to that end, I do
1: think we have an advantage and that we are separate from one another. Yeah, I, I do think that if we were working in the same if I was in our studio, and we were working in the same space every single day, it probably would be a struggle for us just because we have such different Styles of work. Yeah. Like I said, I'm really logistical and exact, and I want you know I want things done the right way, like in the right timing. And Laura, you know, she's you know this free flowing artist. (laughs) She wants to like you know just kind of do her thing, and not to say that I mean she's obviously incredibly business savvy.
2: You know, you mentioned. I mean, I did go to school for business. I have a degree in business. Laura's degree is in business. It's not in art. So
1: Right. And I think that that was one of the things for Laura, like that, you know, she did have that fear to sort of put herself out there in terms of like teaching and the kit because she's not, you know, professionally
2: trained in art or calligraphy. And, and for a long time, I considered myself a business person rather than an artist or a calligrapher. Mm-hmm. I was I own my own business. I'm a businesswoman rather than I am an artist. So yeah. And now, you know, you kind of. Now we're we know artists we can be all and educators things. and businesswomen and
0: right. all of the things. <laughs>
2: yeah, all <laughs> of the things. things. And
1: I do think that, you know, the key isn't, like, she's not the only person that can do beautiful calligraphy, obviously. There's so many, like, wonderful calligraphers, but she's the only one doing her calligraphy. And I think that's what everyone, you know, no matter what line of business they're in needs to remember like they're offering something unique because it's theirs like no matter even if you are trying to do something exactly the same as someone else which we don't encourage anybody to do but even if you were like it never would be the same Uh like someone can take your lessons your filters jenna your everything but they're not going to be jenna like it's not Mm going to be exactly the same as yours and that's the beauty in all of these artistic Pursuits, I think, that are becoming so Place commonplace now. And people are realizing they can really turn their passion into a business, and their experience is always going to make it unique.
0: Absolutely. And I think, too, Laura, I relate so much to that. I went to school for business. Everything I'm currently doing in my life is self-taught. And I think a lot of times that can lead us to feeling like frauds or like that people are going to discover like, oh, you didn't actually go to photography school. But I'm so thankful that I went to school for business because I think I'd be in a very different place if I would have studied the art and tried to learn the business and not the other way around.
2: I think so, too. To me, (laughs) there's a lot of things that seem like common sense, or it just comes naturally, and I realize it's not that way for everybody. And I do remember being in business class that we had in college, and we had to take a test on creativity or like, what is your level of creativity? And I scored like off the chart for my class and everyone else is like low creativity in these business classes. And then I had high creativity. So I feel like I have a, a good balance of being creative, but also business savvy. And then, you know, just making sure that I'm not, I mean, there is a balance in business. Yes, this is about art, but this is also my career. This is how I earn money so it's both and you have to remember that I think and a lot of people forget and they just you know they're just doing it for fun or and that's okay but for us this is my career and this is also Alyssa's career and Mm -hmm. and we're, we're supporting both of us and then a team of people that also work for us so we have to remember always that this is a business
1: Right. That's how I I feel like entrepreneurs, um, creative entrepreneurs specifically sort of get in this trap where they are developing this artistic skill, whether it's photography or design or calligraphy or floral work, any of these making like anything and your family and friends kind of see it as this, you know, side project and they want you to do all these things for free and no one wants to say no and they want to get their work out there. But they're forgetting to actually, like, develop their business and treat themselves Mm -hmm. as, you know, a business. And, of course, it's hard to say no to friends. But we always encourage people, even if they're going to give someone a discount or a, you know, do-it-for-free situation, that you still, like, send them an invoice with the discount reflected on it so that they can see the value of what you would be charging someone so they understand, like, what you're actually doing. You know, we just – you have to respect, like – Yourself and your work. And sometimes I think that people forget that if it's a creative endeavor, they forget that it is a business as well. And, you know, I wouldn't go to an office setting and ask someone if they wanted to do that office work for free.
0: Absolutely. I think it's a hard thing, too. I mean, even in my business today, we'll get approached for so many different opportunities. And a lot of time you either have like FOMO where you're like, I need to say yes, because if I don't, I know I'm going to regret it. Or you feel guilt for not helping other people forward. But I think there comes a time and place where it has to be black or white. And you have to ask yourself, is this actually moving us forward? Or is it distracting us for the time being from what really matters? And I know that we've had to say no a lot more because We need to focus on what's actually moving it forward and not just keeping us where we're at. And I mean, you guys have taken on some really big projects lately, and I'd love to hear just a little bit about the steps that you're taking because you're going in a couple different directions that probably would have never been possible, Laura, if you didn't hire a team. So what kind of things have you guys been working on?
2: Well, so the most exciting thing is that we just (laughs) authored a book and it's just coming out right now so it's Mm -hmm. out now (laughs) (laughs) yeah so we're really excited about the
1: book it's called wedding calligraphy and that has just been a dream of laura's for many many years for so long so i'm super excited about it (laughs) yeah so that's something that we never even would have had time to do Even as recently as two years ago, we were still like I was scheduling Laura to do like a 100 envelopes a day, five days a week, almost year round. And so
2: we would travel on weekends and then just come back on Monday morning and boom, where's my coffee and what envelope order am I working on today? And and so it was just back to back to back. So just kind of taking on less
1: of that handwritten work. And then, of course, like you said, delegating out and getting our team going. So we have a shop and someone else like packages and ships everything, all of the orders that come in out of our shop. And then we also have, you know, we have a business coach and we have a copywriter like you. Actually, it's Ashlyn. Yeah. (laughs) Ashlyn's (laughs) Um, on
0: the podcast.
1: Yeah. So and we heard about her from the podcast. So
2: little things like this, like. We really find it to be important to invest in our business and not just limit ourselves to what we can do on our own. But we recognize what our strengths are and definitely what our weaknesses are. So for us, it's definitely technology and having Ashlyn and we have a couple business coaches that we've used come in and just really help us and get past what we're not good at so that we can really excel Right. And, and hone in on what we are good at and kind of transform what we're not good at into things that into a way that we are good at them.
1: Right. So having like that copywriter, of course, as we said, the accounting. We also have a a graphic designer, a contract worker who does all of our graphics and things for the blog and puts the blog content together and like our e blast, all of those things. So I manage her, but like, I'm not myself doing it, because I was just finding that I'm not, you know, that's not a strength for me. And it was eating up our time. And so now that we have sort of learned to delegate out and take on less work for Laura has really allowed us to take on these new projects. So obviously, the book is one, we're coming out with new video content. So we, a couple of years ago, we released the video tutorial that Went along with our starter kit, but we're coming out with three new videos this year. We're gonna do like a practice challenge. So, one of the things that we hear most frequently from calligraphers is that they don't know like what to do for practice or even how to schedule it. And so, really, just kind of more our focus has shifted to serving other calligraphers and helping people build their
2: business, find out what they're good at, and really just be not just a calligrapher, but educators. And Mm -hmm. so helping people, it's hard to even know what, whether it's calligraphy or anything else, that you're doing it right. And people just love to be told, yes, this is the right way, but there is no right way and there's no wrong way. You just do what works for you. Yeah.
1: Not like this is the right way necessarily, but this is a way. This is a way. We've really like opened up to show people what we do. We have one of the other projects that we were able to take on because of our extra time is... A calligraphy business boot camp, and that's actually running right now. It's a six week boot camp, and that's been a really great experience for us just sharing with these other calligraphers what we do day to day behind the scenes and just having hearing people, you know, the positive feedback from everyone who is finding it to be beneficial. You know, they don't have to Google and trial and error everything like Laura did. You know, you kind of can get a little step by step, but we still always encourage everyone. I feel like our sort of motto is like, you know, we're happy to share what we do, but we want you to try different things yourself. One of the things, you know, people always say like, what nib are you using? What pen are you using? And we're happy to share that. We like have, you know, free downloads in excess over on our blog. You know, we'll share all of that stuff, but we still like tell people we to mentioned to, to people- branch out and see what works best for you. Right. Mm-hmm. We like to mention the other supplies available. And, you know, in our shop, we offer everything that Laura uses. But again, we always like to tell people some of the other things available because we just everyone is different and we want everyone to kind of get what's best for them.
0: I see that all the time, too, you know, especially on social media, where people are so obsessed with the tools that they're not even noticing the art, that they think, you know, if I buy this exact pen and nib and ink that Laura's using, maybe my stuff will look like hers. And I think a lot of times social media can give that illusion that it's the tools and not the actual artist. And I think a lot of times it takes us a long time to realize, like, no, it's knowing how to use these correctly. And so I love that you're tying all all of that together with your overarching education goals. I think that's so exciting. I mean, that has grown so much for you guys in the last few years.
2: It really has. And I feel like I'm sure you can really relate when people are asking you what kind of camera or film that you Mm -hmm. use. And for a long time, you know, people would ask me how I do it. And my response was literally just the pen does the work for me. And then I realized since we started teaching that no, it's not the pen doing it. It's actually me knowing how to operate the pen. And I just am so comfortable with it that I don't think about it. Mm -hmm. And it's really just naturally flowing from my arm and my hand. But people, (laughs) everyone talks about this one specific nib, which is what is making the point of contact on the paper in case anybody doesn't do calligraphy or know about it <laughs> which i'm sure a lot of your podcast listeners don't but so there's this one specific nib that everyone just loves and they just gush over this nib and i never use that nib and i feel like that's okay <laughs> i do i do my own thing and i do what i like and what works for me and there's no one path for anyone to become successful at what they're doing there are many many paths and you just have to do what feels right to you and You kind of have to let yourself make mistakes and not feel like because you make a mistake that it's the end of the world.
0: Mm -hmm. That's what I think this podcast teaches. And that's what I love so much about it is I'm interviewing people that are so incredibly successful. You guys are so successful. And yet we've all had such different paths to get to where we are. And instead of having people think like there's one way, there's a secret, there's a shortcut. You know, we've all had a lot of bumps in the road. We've all grown. We've been through those awkward stages of business growth. And so I think it's so inspiring to just hear the evolution of your business. It's crazy. Do you yeah, realize it, how crazy it is?
2: I mean, I definitely do because when I started out, I was doing just hundreds and hundreds of envelopes and and then then I started doing invitations and stationery and and maps. And map. Maps were really what put me kind of on it like a national scale where people knew who I was outside of Los Angeles and then just once we released the starter kit, it just everything just kind of took off and blew up. So, yeah, well, and also like Instagram, of yeah. course, social media has played a huge role. In- and I will just say that Alyssa didn't even want to join Instagram, <laughs> and that was one of the, the places where, and also the book where I basically pulled rank and I said, We're doing this, and I just set up an account and here it is. And then, you know, we had no idea what we were doing. And if you scroll down to our first post, it's kind of funny. You know, it's funny, because I
1: hear a lot of people say, you know, they start their Instagram account, and then they're like, but, you know, when down the line, I'm going to go back and delete the original pictures or people that are that say, you know, "I, I deleted my pictures from a year ago, we have all of our original content on there. I think it's good to see the like evolution. to see
2: what we were doing. Yeah. It's
1: a good roadmap for where your company has been. And even just seeing like how you learn to better utilize your social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, we don't really, we're not on Twitter really
2: interesting to see the stages that we went through with like our dark and grainy photos and then we kind of started staging our photos a little bit better and maybe writing better captions and and on the blog too Mm -hmm. you can see where Alyssa I can see where Alyssa took over but the funny thing about Instagram is that my dog has had an Instagram account longer than I have and so my dog was what got me into Instagramming about the business and one day I just told Alyssa, we have to start an Instagram account because Kepi has an Instagram account. So. <laughs> <laughs> and we did. And yeah. I mean, it's, there's been no turning back since then.
1: Yeah. I just feel like that, you know, we have a love-hate relationship with social media, as I'm sure many entrepreneurs do as well, but it really has been a great platform just to have access to such a wide audience. And And also connect, like we met you on Instagram, you know, Mm -hmm. so even though there's, of course, drawbacks to all of, you know, the many changes in social media, it really does. I think it, you can use it to your advantage and it does actually bring people together. Like you joke that you're, you know, people might say you're just online or you're online friends, but, you know, you actually meet people online and you connect in ways that you wouldn't otherwise, it does bring people
2: together. And it's Absolutely, it's really for me as an introverted personality because I wouldn't be so outgoing in, in real life. So it's nice to have that little outlet there.
0: On top of my many titles as mom, entrepreneur, and creative, I've also added host. Drew and I host on Airbnb on our favorite island in Hawaii. We started hosting as a way to make some extra income and we've had such an easy breezy experience. Can we just talk to, I have gotten this question multiple times and Laura, I want to hear your perspective on it because so many people, I mean, literally today I got an email asking to talk about on the podcast, what to do when you're an introvert in your business. And I know that when I first told you guys like, Hey, I want to have you on the podcast. Alyssa's like, can I come on too? Cause Laura kind of like gets clammy sometimes. And I just want to make sure that she's okay. And which is why I love you guys. So Laura, what has that been like? Because I'm introverted, but I also am obviously extroverted at different situations. So talk us through that a little bit.
2: In the beginning, I kind of felt like something was wrong with me. And I'm socially awkward and I'm not good in those kind of situations. And I feel like when people meet me at parties... They might be a little bit surprised that I don't have the personality that I have online. But I think recognizing what my strengths are and what my weaknesses are are so important. And our business coach, Sean Lowe, actually said, you know, if you're an introvert, you have to have a team surrounding you that is capable of helping, like, carrying you through. And that's really what – so I don't have a whole team of people doing that, but that's what Alyssa is for me. And so Mm -hmm. just having Alyssa there for support has helped me so much. And I mean, in my defense, I'm a lot better on podcasts and webinars than I am in real life, but I have improved in real life as well. So, (laughs) but just the more we do these types of things, the more comfortable I am. And, you know, I still have a long way to go and I feel like that's okay. It's okay to not be perfect. And just, I mean, Definitely just stepping outside my comfort zone has been so hard for me, but it's really taken me to places that I never thought I would have gotten to on my own, definitely. so I I think that for Laura and
1: probably a lot of introverts, they're not used, you know, Laura's not used to talking about herself. She's not used to talking about, like, what she does and really, you know, the business and what she personally has done, like, Honestly, like the sacrifices that Laura made in the earlier years of the business, like the time dedicated, all of the effort put in, like she's just not used to talking about that. And before social media, there was really just, you know, like the for us in the wedding industry, there's, you know, wedding conferences and people go to these conferences and, like and you mixers. And you, yeah. The mixers mm-hmm. and the networking <laughs> events and things like that. And she did do a couple of those like in her earlier years, but I think like just kind of getting comfortable with, being able to articulate what it is that you do. And I think for people who wear so many hats, it's hard to really describe. So I think just like figuring out like the way to even describe what it is that she's doing. I mean,
2: Alyssa had me write down basically this little list of elevator pitch topics and I had to answer all of them and (laughs) save it on my computer and then I read it over. I mean, it sounds silly because I should know what I do, but just verbalizing what I do and these specific points, it's helpful to have like this list that I can review at any time so that I have key points to mention when I'm talking to people. Cause I just go off on these rambling tangents of not really answering <laughs> questions. So But um, that is, has been helpful for me as well.
1: Yeah. And one thing I wanted to mention, you know, for other people that are introverts, I mean, you're always going to be who you are obviously, but like Laura has said, you can get better at things. We, Looking back on when we had our first workshop, I don't think we'll ever, neither of us will ever forget that. I did the first workshop with Laura. Like I said, it was at the Carson Butler studio in D.C. And Laura couldn't eat. She couldn't sleep. She couldn't
2: think. Like, I was the night shaking. Before. My voice was shaking. <laughs> she was shaking.
1: She was like trembling.
0: <laughs> I couldn't breathe
2: like normally. I feel like I might have needed like elocution lessons on speaking and breathing before going to that (laughs) class.
1: And it's just so funny because now it's like second nature. You know, we don't, and it was, it was hard for the first few classes, even maybe even the first six months, the first year even. And then it really started, you know, we got a lot more comfortable. The workshops and the kit now are nothing like what they were when we started. We have revised them over the years based on what was happening in class. So we would take, you know, the issues that were coming up with the students in class, we would translate that into the book that is sold with the starter kit itself. So we I think we're on like the fifth edition of the starter kit booklet. We even changed the supplies because, you know, the ink we were using would leak half the time and the bottle wasn't good. So then we got a different one, you know, just kind of making revisions and growing. And all throughout that, Laura personally was growing too. And I'm not super social either, but I don't
2: feel uncomfortable talking. Definitely more than I am and always have been though. Alyssa has always been surrounded with a huge circle of girlfriends that I never, I usually have, you know, a couple close friends, and that's pretty much it. And Alyssa has just always been more fun, more outgoing. (laughs) And I think that the important thing for me has been recognizing the fact that Laura Hooper, personally, is different than the Laura Hooper brand. And really, Mm -hmm. just before I go into any workshop or any event, any webinar or any podcast, I have to remind myself that, laura hooper brand i need to be that person and not be my normal shy introverted self and just be you know try to be more lively. But well, cool. I
0: think that it's hard sometimes when you have really large followings that you when you do meet people face to face, you're wondering, well, what do they think of me? What do they assume of me? How do they think I'm going to be? And a lot of times you can get in your head and be like, I need to be all these things to all these people. And we're kind of imagining what they're imagining about us. And so it can get really exhausting to be in front of people that, you know, follow you online, but you've never actually had the time to build a relationship with so I can relate to that 110 percent. And I would way rather sit behind a microphone with a towel on my head doing podcast interviews than sit face to face with people sometimes. I think that that's okay too just knowing what your giftings are and also what you enjoy, you know?
2: Yes. Yeah, I mean, I I enjoy sitting behind my desk working on envelopes, but Alyssa <laughs> won't let me do that anymore. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Good sister. So, where can everybody find you guys? Connect with you, check out all of your resources. How can they get connected with you online?
1: So, we are lhcalligraphy.com is our website, and we are lhcalligraphy on all social media, so Instagram, Facebook, But definitely our most active is, of course, Instagram. So we're there most frequently. But we share all of our tips all the time on our blog, which is
2: lhcalligraphy.com slash blog. And if you're interested in taking a look at our new book, which is out now, you can find that on our website, the link to order it
0: awesome i can't wait to get the book i'm so excited we
2: have one coming your way count me in
0: i will read it and look at all the pretty things and thank you guys so much i am so excited that we got to chat today and i'm really thankful that we're friends
1: i know we're so glad that yeah. we met you on instagram I'm so happy you thank you instagram
0: you gods friends. for giving me <laughs> wonderful women
1: thanks for listening to gold digger